Well, there's a couple of fascinating games to work through for a round nine where the likes of Jason Horn francis and Liam Jones face their former sides, while Tom Stewart will be bracing for a hostile reception tonight when the Cats take on the Tigers, who provided proof of life last week. There's Carlton and the Dogs. That looms large on Saturday night. And Adelaide St Kilda will be an intriguing matchup come Sunday afternoon. Saints great Nick Del Sano is with us. Good morning, Del. Good morning. How you doing? Great to have you on, mate. Great to have you on. Now, Big game tonight uh, between two big clubs with some real recent history. And the road to the premiership in recent times has often run through the Cats and the Tigers camp. So West Coast offered Carlton a bit of a false dawn a fortnight back. Richmond ran into some form against them last week. High metres gained from handball and the like. How do you see the matching up uh, with the Cats who have been one of the trendsetters in recent times? Yeah, they sure have, Sammy. And I covered the Cats last week down at GMHBA Stadium. And they're, they're clearly building into it, aren't they? And I you know, wind the clock back about four or five weeks ago when they were zero and three. I remember Chris Scott speaking about you know, this is an opportunity, a rare opportunity for their football club to have to actually show some resilience and respond to some criticism and some questions about where this group was at and premiership hangover. And the reality is they haven't had to respond because they've been pretty much the best team for about 20 years. But they have clearly built. And the way that some of their individuals have stepped up have been significant, danger field, um, goes out last week, yet this young group comes through and gets them over the line against the gutsy um, Adelaide Crows last week. And then it's almost the flip side for the Tigers, isn't it, about where we thought they could possibly be at the start of this year and where they sit right now. I've said this at the start of the year, Sammy, and I'll say it again. I can't see the Tigers competing with the very best teams in the competition. I, I just I can't see their list, their demographic, the way that they've been last year, what we've seen this year. Um, I, I just can't see it. And there's been criticism of Tim Taranto and questioning of getting him and Hopper into the club. I still think it's the right decision. That, that one I do like. I like the idea of, of having a known product that you get from another club. And yes, they're not 17, 18 getting drafted. They're you know, six years into their career. Mm. But you, you can't tell me that Taranto to, and maybe Hopper to a lesser degree haven't been a couple of their best players. Like if Taranto's not winning their best and fairest, Geez, he'd be in the top two or three. So he's doing his job. It's just the lack of support and consistency, I think, around him. Can they get a hold of them in the middle? I mean, if we are to look glass half full at Richmond then, Dale, so there's no Patrick Dangerfield. Interesting your take on how significant that might be. No Cam Guthrie yep. as well. Brad Close is uh, suspended, not that he plays in there full time. So you'd think Blitzarves and Holmes had to have big games. Parfit comes in. But can they potentially look to exploit them in there, Richmond? Oh, they can challenge them. There's no doubt about that. And I think when Richmond are somewhere near their best, they are ultra competitive. And I'm a big fan of Taranto. It's probably why I brought him up once again. I love the way he goes about his football. He's a bull. He puts his head over the footy and gets the contested footy. Yet he's equally as damaging on the outside. I think we sometimes forget about that piece because he's so good at the other areas of, of the game. It's just got to be more consistent, I reckon, Sammy. And even when the Tigers are going really well, we're going to wind the clock back you know, four or five years. Clearances wasn't their be-all, be end-all. Mm. We're, we're well aware of that. It was the turnover game. So I think it's probably just control the cats around the stoppages and contested situation. And you mentioned it just before, the handball, the forward handballs and the metres gained through handball. That's the Tigers that I still think are damaging. Um, they've got a handful of players that play that style of game really well. We just haven't seen it consistently. And they've dropped a couple of games you probably would have thought they were going to do better in. But by saying that, gee, the Cats were impressive last week. You mentioned Dangerfield out. Mark Blitzarves was ruck roving at the first centre square mm-hmm. bounce last week. 
The next one, he was the ruck. Mm. And then the next moment, he's, you know, going shoulder to shoulder with Rory Lee. Like, he's just here, there, and everywhere. They have this amazing ability to adapt to any situation. So... I can't see the Cats getting beaten tonight. Let's put yeah. it like that. I love that. It's almost like a fake ruck roll they've employed around him, isn't it, Mark Blitzer? It's incredible. No one's really sure if he's going to nominate or he's not going to nominate. <laughs> he's going to stay down. Hey, um, Tom Stewart, there's just been far too much publicity for him to not get some sort of reception. I mean, we have a boo, Dell. Where do you stand on the subject of booing? Gee, that's had some airplay this week. It has. Um, where do I stand on booing? No, I haven't booed, but I probably haven't been in a situation where I'm sitting at a game and have you know hatred for the other team where I have to. Um, I think what about what about when you had the boots on? Oh, when I had the boots on, um, the only time I ever got booed, to be honest, was probably the first time I played against St Kilda. Yeah, it was down in it was down in Hobart, and it, luckily we were going okay. I was at the Kangas at that stage. We were going okay. It was round seventeen. The Saints were out of contention for finals, so I think the sting had gone out of it. Um, and I reckon I got a couple of jeers. I wouldn't say it was a boo; it was more of a jeer. And I don't think the crowd was overly. Um, large, let's put it that way. I don't think it was overly large enough to mm. uh, to feel the full wrath of the uh, Saints supporters. But, mate, I mean, I'm working through it a little bit like I think everybody is off the back of, you know, the buddy on the weekend. I'll be down in Tassie tomorrow for North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, so I'm expecting some noise for Jason Horn francis I, I, I think we're giving people too much credit that are watching games of football to think that they actually know why they're booing. I, I think people are just booing because... They're now getting told not to boo. Mm. I think people are booing because the person beside them booed and they just thought, hey, let's just do it all together. I think we're giving sometimes people too much credit for actually knowing what they're doing and why they're rocking up to a game and booing Buddy Franklin because the reality is it makes no sense. Yeah. Just just while we're on the subject of broader topics, if you like, it, it might have taken three panels and five days, but the decision was made to clear Jacob Van Royen in the end. Did they get it right ultimately, do you think? Well... My my looking at the game and watching that incident, yes, I would say that it is right. I still think there's something wrong as a whole that we still have to debate and have to get through three processes to get to this answer on a Thursday evening. It, there's something not right if we can't, as a football industry, and I'm talking about spectators, probably more importantly than just people that work in the media, have such a different take on what an incident could be. It, like we're saying it was initially two weeks, People are saying it should be zero. Like That's a significant change in an incident. I, I think whatever it is, it needs to be tidied up because it's causing a lot of frustration. It's a conversation, Sammy, that we have every single weekend. It's not like this comes up once a year or you know every month we have to discuss. No, this is every single weekend. Football lovers have a completely different perspective on what an incident should be. And now we're even talking about whether it's reportable or not. We, we can't even work out whether it's, a, you know, Jacob should be allowed to play and he can do a full preparation or he has to go to three or two tribunal hearings and get the MRO report over the weekend to find out whether he's allowed to play or not. So the difficulty is, yes, I think it was the right decision, but a second panel's had to make that choice or that give that clarity. Like, how do we even know if that is right, given the rules of the game? So I hate the confusion. I, I think this needs to be tidied up and be cleared up I would have no concern at the end of the year not now at the end of the year if we revamp the system if we find a new way and evolve with the game and given the new rules and the protection of the head and all the things that we agree with why can't we have a better system of clarity so we don't have to speak about this every single week and football lovers are frustrated at parts of the game 
Speaking of the former St Kilda North Melbourne stars, the AFLW coach at St Kilda as well, and, of course, SEN's very own Nick Del Sando. Nick, in your 322 AFL games, did you ever feel the need to get down and um, just munch on a bit of grass <laughs> before a, before an outing? <laughs> no, no, I didn't know where you were going to go. With. Oh, so that's an inter- interesting introduction into a question. Um, no, but by saying that, like, I love footy. Sammy, I love footy. I've been fortunate enough to be able to play it and now talk about it and coach it. But unlike Matty Rowell, I've never had the need or the desire to actually eat the ground. Um, I love Matty Rowell. And I actually think there's something unique about it. And whether it's a ritual or a superstition, which mm. a lot of players have, he might have he might have accidentally eaten grass one day before a game. It might have been stuck on his hands because he had grippo. He would have played a really good game. He goes, that was it. I know how I played well today. I'm going to do that every single game for the rest of my life. But I love characters as well, Sammy. So I don't want to sit here and go, see, that was weird. It was a little bit. It was a little bit weird. But I love the individuality of people in the game and the personality. I don't get it. But I love Matty Rouse, so I love it. I'm exactly like you. And there's almost an innocence to it as well with him. Um, and he plays the game. And he's having a great season as well. Hey, his teammate, I'll tell you what, every time I watch the Suns, I'm drawn to Noah Anderson, uh, Dale. What, yep. a, what yep. an amazing player with so many weapons and an enormous work ethic uh, as well. I'm not sure he probably gets the credit he deserves. That might come in time, but maybe it's geographical reasons for that as well. But what a super yep. player he's becoming. Yeah, it's great to be able to acknowledge him as well. Um, I know he's old man. Um, through St Kilda, his old man's a ripping fella, so they come. He comes from a great family, and I think he plays his football like that. He's an he's an honest footballer. He works his backside off when they've got the ball, the Suns, but he works just as hard defensively. And you know, he's probably one of that nucleus inside midfield group, and probably Took Miller's in that, Matty Rowell, and maybe a couple of others that are, are trying to drive this group. You can actually see they're, they're trying to force this Suns club into you know a new standard i'm a big fan of Noah anderson i remember that goal he kicked against the tigers last year the composure this is the one after the sorry to win them the mm. game the composure you know the execution and you're right he's a young guy that's playing at the suns that aren't getting a lot of recognition at the moment but he's doing some really good things i think he'll sneak up on a few people in in different areas of footy now, Dale, Sydney, the Swans, they just must, must beat Fremantle at home. So they've lost five of their last six. They're 11th. Their time is simply now. Now, injuries are the alibi, but, gee, they've been off too, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And, you know, everyone's got injuries. Now, there's a lot of footy clubs at the moment. You know, St Kilda didn't have their best forward line for the first, you know, six-odd weeks and got the job done. I know they've got injuries in their defence, and a couple of them are really significant. I think we're starting to see the impact that Dane Rampey has on that football club as well and how he structures them up behind the football, how he gets them organised, but also just his pure desperation to give the opposition absolutely nothing. So I think we're starting to recognise his influence on that group and then obviously the key defenders around him missing hurts. Um, there's no doubt, Sammy, they need to get a rig on. You know, they're a, a very good football team that's playing nowhere near their capabilities. There's a couple of indiv- individuals that I think we all rate really highly that, haven't had the start to the year that we would have thought, but by saying that, they've still got time. Like to be able to sit where they are on the ladder after having, you know, losing the last, you know, five or six and still be in contention um, gives them hope, I reckon, for the uh, remainder of this year. But it's time to get a wriggle on. They they have to win this weekend, no doubt. And just on the Swans and what they did against Collingwood and specifically Nick Dacos, were you of a mind when you were playing, Dale, whether it be at St Kilda or North Melbourne, that it can work to mentally 
and or physically target one player on game day? Does it work? Is there a risk with that? Where do you sit with it all, broadly speaking? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. And it probably brought back some, you know, memories when we saw what happened to Nick Dacos on the weekend. There's no doubt, like, at the St Kilda, we used to highlight individuals' names throughout the course of the week. And we'd say, you know, this is their best player or their most influential player or, you know, this is one of their leaders. And every time you run past them, you have to bump them. And it wasn't necessarily about probably ruining that person's day as much as you probably wanted to, you know, influence one of their best players. It was also a mindset. Now, what we saw on the weekend was it lasted for a little while when Sydney were up and about early and Brian Clark kicks that goal and they're in the Nick Dacos because that's his direct opponent. But also what we've seen is it drops off pretty quickly. So it, it works both ways. You know, we reflect on the game on the weekend. We say, well, Sydney were too focused on Nick Dacos. It didn't work. But when it does work, and I've seen Sydney, you know, Sydney were probably almost the best at it going back, you know, a handful of years ago. They would target five people from the opposition and just give them nothing for two hours on a weekend. It, it can work. So I'm not of the mindset that, no, it hasn't worked once. Let's throw that out and no point ever doing it again. You can do it in slightly different ways. You can and definitely not give away a free kick like they did um, the Sydney Swans. Mm. But I actually like the aggressive mindset and the mentality of we're coming at you, Collingwood, you're the best team in the competition, but we're going to initiate the contest today. Uh, so, yes, it can work, and I don't think we should throw or don't think any team should throw out that mentality just because the Swans lost on the weekend. Dale, before we let you go, uh, your old mob uh, are on fire. St Kilda, I speak of, uh, six and two, just a, a season of enormous promise. Uh, then they've held over Max King for the trip to the Adelaide Oval. But I, I wondered if, before you departed, whether you could tell us a little bit more around a young guy by the name of Mitch Owens. So, still a teenager, 191 centimetres, extremely powerful, serious X factor. He's doing it defensively, offensively, in the ruck, on the scoreboard. He seems a real unique player who's bringing everything to the table. Can you... Shed any light on what makes him tick? Yeah, well, he came through St Kilda's Academy um, prior to getting drafted, and he's probably the the whole reason the Academy's there for every football club that's got um, Academy set up. That He was going relatively well, and he was a good young kid um, involved in the program. COVID hit, so then we didn't see him for about, I'd say, six months, and he came back looking completely different, and it's like almost like the penny you dropped is, is probably what you'd say. He was ready to go. He, he put in the work in his own time, um, going through year 12 and all those sort of things, and he came back different and instantly recognised it with his physique, um, the way that he attacked his footy and the consistency just flowed from there. He's a ripping kid, Sammy. He, he's a hard worker, and everything that you're seeing him do on the field is what has been growing and building from this guy for you know four or five years. He, he's as honest as the day he's long. I've never asked Ross Lyon about him, but I reckon he'd sort of be one of Ross's favourites just by the you know un- uncompromising work rate and willingness to do whatever it takes. Like He's a big guy, but he's probably not a ruck. So he's now playing against guys that you know another 50% bigger than he is, and he just gets after the footy. He- he's an impressive kid, extremely modest, happy to give off goals and celebrate with teammates, though he pops up and kicks a couple of, uh, couple of weekends as well. So... Mm. It's lovely that he's getting some recognition. I saw, I think it was Hoyney from Champion Data. It might have been yesterday, the day before. I think he's in the top five differential, you know, ranking players in the competition, which says 
he's playing well beyond his years and he's given um, that St Kilda forward line a lot more than they probably thought at the start of the year. Yeah, love watching him and he runs out on Sunday at the Adelaide Oval, as I said, against uh, the Adelaide Crows. That'll be an intriguing game. Hey, Del, so many talking points and just so little time. Round nine will be magnificent. Really appreciate your insights and, and joining us this morning. No dramas, mate. Anytime. There is Nick Del Sando.